My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT Update, Takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rodens and today it's the WNR 3-2-4. This is the sixth year for the WNR Awards and for the first time we're splitting them up into NXT, WWE and AEW. Today it's NXT and we have the pleasure to be joined by the mind of Monty. How you doing, mate? You are right? How you doing, James? I'm doing good. You know, I'm happy to be How, you, how yeah. are you? Very, very well, thank you. I would just like to say Merry Christmas to everybody listening and uh, yeah, I mean... It's a lockdown still here in England, but uh, Christmas was as good as I guess we could make it uh, as much as we can and uh, watch a little bit of wrestling. I think that's all you do at Christmas, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. You, you cozy up and you just, you know, let let the videos, let, let them stream, you know, let it go. Nice, you can just binge whatever you want to get that break. You still got that even though you're in the house uh, most of the time, but uh, definitely got to make the best, you know, circumstances, but... Yeah, wrestling is definitely a, a great way to fill the void, you know, not being able to go out. I can't wait until I'm allowed to go see a wrestling, but still, definitely love staying well, home and watching wrestling. Well, without a shadow of a doubt, and the thing is, it has been a tough couple of for the uh, rescue wrestling community. Because first off, Danny Hodge uh, died at the age of 88. Uh, this was announced on Saturday. Twice the NCAA recognised Hodge in 56 and 57 as the most outstanding wrestler. He was a national champion in the 177-pound weight class from 1955 to 57. He completed it in the uh, Summer Olympics in 56, winning a silver medal in freestyle wrestling. And of course, more associated with uh, Jim Ross as well. He uh, tweeted out. And hero, riding partner and mentor, the great Danny Hodge, has passed away. He was the best wrestler, amateur and pro uh, that he had ever known. Uh, like I said, he is one of the probably greatest amateur wrestlers that there ever has been. He had a perfect 46-0 record as an amateur uh, at the Sooners. And another thing about Danny Hodge, he's very well known for his kind of wrist strength. And there's some great YouTube videos of him as a kind of elderly man. And he can crush apples basically by just, you know, his sheer grip. Very, very sad to hear, but 88 is a great innings, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, it was just, it's been a just rough, rough year overall. And, of course, my condolences to everyone. And, uh, you know, when you lose uh, legends like that, it, I, I do agree that it is kind of cool to see them make it to that advanced age because, you know, that's one of the downsides of being a fan of this love. You know, we lose a lot of our, you know, greats. You know, he definitely... Uh, you know, lived a, a long life, but 
yeah, especially in wrestler terms, but uh, it's de- definitely a legend, and it's just sad uh, to see him go. And but you know, it's just been one of those, you know, those years in that wave. Without a doubt, because uh, as we're recording this now, I, I woke up to the news, the fact that John Huber, um, aka Brodie or Luke Harper, died at the age of um, one. Uh, this is kind of the shocking news because I. You know, we'd seen him um, in his match against Cody, and that was a few months ago. Thought he was dealing with an injury, and this uh, announcement—it's—it's it's just kind of, and it, it's kind of rocked the wrestling world as well, hasn't it? You know. Oh yes, everyone, and I haven't. Uh, everyone's affected by this. Watch wrestling. You know, you you know anyone who, if you're a fan of anyone, you haven't been, especially if you're on social. Uh, but man, it was just devastating to see that. I couldn't believe it when I read it. All of the wrestling's uh, Instagram posts. Uh, so it, it was just, I couldn't believe it. I read it out. I had to reread it a couple of just shocked and, uh, it just, it just hurts, you know, because you know, he has some, I, I think as if you've been p- paying attention to him for a while, especially with the way things ended in WWE, he has so much you would like for him to do. And he was just kind of scratching the surface in dark order. And it, it just, it just sucks. The timing is horrible. And it's just, again, one of those in an accumulation. Oh man, it's, it's crazy. The amount of stuff that has happened just in, in this year and uh and this was just one way to uh oh man just another reminder i man life is man and his family uh he left behind i send my condolences and it's just everyone felt this and it it, it sucks it really sucks well in this day and age where you know wwe AEW, nxt fans might you know have a go at each other across Twitter. It seems that today they've kind of embraced themselves, and even AEW kind of uh, commenting on the WWE's tweet about him. The WWE Network have got up a, a, the best of Luke Harper, and of course, you know he started. This is the thing that you were just saying as well. You know, with a Brody Lee character with a Dark Order, just kind of starting to get really hot in AEW, and of course, you know, look at him in the Wyatt family. I mean, I don't think there's a match that I've been more excited for in the past maybe ten years. Then the Wyatts versus the Shield at Elimination Chamber in 2014, and yeah. if, when you look at the uh, at that time, you know Bray Wyatt is, is a good character, but maybe not the the, the best of workers. The same with Eric Rowan, and uh, you know Harper was the kind of guy that was the glue that held it all together. And like you said, it's 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 just so shocking, and, and it is devastating as well, you know. Oh yes, definitely uh, devastating. Uh, I read uh, a post about. Uh, and it was just, it was, yeah, that, that, you know, as you read it, you start to kind of tear up just listening to it from Bray's perspective and seeing how it affected him and losing someone like that. And you can, like I said, you can only imagine what, it's just devastating all around. And a photo uh, with a Shad Gaspard, and that's just, oh, that yeah. still hurts. It, it's, yeah, man, it was, it was a rough, like, again, a rough day yesterday when uh, hearing this news. Uh, the wrestling community, we definitely felt it. Yeah. Well, that's, like we said, 2020, it's been one of the worst years, uh, not just, you know, on earth, so to speak, but with the, the wrestling community, there's been so much, uh, you know, hardship uh, and, and just kind of horror. And we're hoping now that if we 2020 and we move forward to 2021, hopefully... Like we said, um, we can kind of heal as a wrestling world together. You know, we'll be AEW, NXT or WWE fans and come together and just realise at this moment in time that the performers putting their lives on the line for us is probably the most important thing right now, you know? I agree 100%. I think that whole NXT thing is the is one of the most 
unimportant things at the moment. And it really is always, it really should be moved to the side when it comes to uh, issue, uh, situations like this. And, uh, you know, uh, I've seen some distasteful things and I won't even, I don't even want to go there, but the time of, uh, of day, but, you know, the, the point is, uh, you know, just, you can tell it affected a lot of people and that little petty, it falls in the way, you know, it falls back. It's important. This is a big, you know, a loss of a life. It affects a family. They don't deserve to have, you know, that type of thing going on when it's as regards to losing your loved one. You know, you just, like you said, you just hope that we can, you know, use this to maybe come together and realize that a, a lot of wrestling and it's usually top notch on both ends. We can just enjoy that and come together as a wrestling I think without a doubt, like I said, R.I.P. Uh, Brody Lee and the thoughts to your, your wife and your kids. Uh, but we will have just one last look back now at 2020 because we're going to have a, look, a retrospective look back at NXT this year. And crazily enough, it started January 25th and it was when Wells collide. It was NXT versus NXT UK. I couldn't believe that this show was this year. Stuff that has actually happened in 2020. It feels like a century. <laughs> like the, it, everything is, I agree. You couldn't tell me that this was the exist year. And I remember watching, and I remember, I, now that I look at the card, and I, I just, I remember all of this. You couldn't tell me, like you said, that this happened this year. <laughs> it's insane how far away. Right, that, well, we had defeating Mia Yim on the uh, pre-show. Then we had Finn Balor defeating Aya Dragunov. Jordan Devlin defeating Angel Garza, Aziz or Scott, and Travis Banks for the Cruiserweight Championship. DIY, Johnny Gagano, Tuasa Champa defeating Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. What a match that was. Uh, Ray Ripley defeating Tony Storm for the NXT Women's Championship. And then Imperium, uh, Volta, Fabian Eichner, Barthel, and Alexander Wolfe defeating the Undisputed Era, Riley Bobby Fish, and Roderick Strong. Now, um, I was rating my scores back then for the card, and I gave that a nine and a quarter out of ten. My match of the night was Imperium versus Undisputed Era. Uh, what I can remember from it, I don't think it was a bad show, and it was kind of warming us up for the Royal Rumble that weekend, I feel. I agree, yeah. It definitely warmed up uh, the Royal Rumble, which was also uh, a very, very hot show uh, that weekend. Uh, the uh, this, this card, you know, it's hard. Again, like, I think, and this is what's going to happen with a lot of things, pre-pandemic it's gonna you gotta look at it different completely almost from everything else that i've seen since you know fans have not been allowed like you know fans can just change the way our entire pay-per-view or card feel just by the energy you know it just it makes such a it can go on forever but uh the match doesn't join the main of uh, versus the undisputed era of course uh but i definitely also enjoyed finn balor dragon that match you know, even though i could have been a little bit better uh i don't know if it lived up to the hype I enjoyed it. I thought the right person won, and, and I thank Dragon. But uh, yeah, other than that, it's just hard. Again, like I said, you don't even remember this happened, so I don't even think I can compare it to a lot of some of the other stuff that are on in the year. But it was definitely a strong card. I think without a doubt, and I've got to say quickly, because seen as a you know British representative as well, NXT UK got hurt more than probably anything else this year inside exactly. WWE. Uh, right. We had one takeover at the start of the year, which uh, was a fantastic match between, of course, Tyler Bate and uh, Volta. But then since we haven't, we've had a couple of great matches in the UK. But like I said, get the pandemic out of the way and then we can start building on uh, UK takeovers. 
our first American takeover was February 16th and it's NXT TakeOver Portland. Uh, this was, right, let's have a look at the card. We have Keith Lee defeating Dominic Dijakovic for the North American Championship. We had Dakota Kai defeating Tegan Knox in a street fight. Finn Balor defeating Johnny Gagano. Ray Ripley defeating Bianca Belair for the Women's Championship. The Rosa Waits, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne defeating the Undisputed Era for the tag team titles. And of course, the Rosa Waits had won the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic, uh, getting through... Uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, Imperium in the semi-finals and the Grizzled Young Vets in the finals. I couldn't even remember there was a Dusty Tag Classic this year. And then the main event was Adam Cole defeating Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. Yeah, uh, this is insane. Like, think about this. Like, Bianca Belair, you know, I know Tegan Knox is injured, but Tegan Knox, Dijakov, a completely different NXT almost. <laughs> like, wow. And this is uh, earlier this year. Without a doubt, I mean, my match of the night was uh, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. These two had yeah. tremendous chemistry uh, throughout the, the year. They were kind of feuding, and I gave it a nine and a half out of ten. Yeah, I remember really enjoying this card. Uh, I like Finn Balor's match with Gargano. I, of course, Keith, anytime Dijakovic fight is going to be insane. Uh, it was the only thing I always didn't like to predictably always going to win at some point. That kind of uh, messed it up, but I, I, you know, getting there, getting to winning, oh, it was one. It's a great ride. Uh, I also remember enjoying the Broserweights winning, but that's just because I enjoyed the Broserweights all together. But you know, like again, Matt Riddle, not even on NXT, completely different NXT at this time. Uh, but yeah, but this was the first. You know, uh, this was in a pandemic too, right? This was a pandemic show, I believe. So. Now this was the last one. Before, so okay, we before okay, gotcha. Yeah. Just had a crowd. Okay, there we go. Gotcha. And so, like I said, and then the following month, because this is in February, the next takeover wouldn't be till June because obviously COVID happened there. Exactly. And we're just talking about the uh, Broserweights. Uh, Pete Dunn couldn't then travel to defend the titles with uh, Matt Riddle, so they got Timothy Thatcher. And of course, those two had a barn burner of a match. Um, yeah between the two but of course Pete Dunne who's now back anyway uh, like I said and then the first takeover the pandemic was NXT in your house and this was June 7th uh, we had Mia Yim Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox defeating Candice Ray Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez Damian Priest Keith Lee defeating Johnny Gagano for the North American title Adam Cole defeating Velveteen Dream in a backlot brawl for the NXT title Karrion Cross making his debut and defeating Tommaso Ciampa and Io Shai, defeating Charlotte Flair and Ray Ripley for the women's title. I really enjoyed this main event. I remember that when Io Shirai did become the champion. Uh, I remember liking that. Uh, but I do want to point out that my favorite match, and I think I'm doing this every show, and you guys will really get it at some uh, later on, uh, but Finn Balor's match was one of the most memorable matches of this card for me. And obviously, not only am I biased towards Damian Priest, but Damian, one of the sickest back bumps that I don't think I would ever, if I ever was, say bumps. It was insane. I still remember it. It was probably one of the most memorable moments of the year for me. And, uh, yeah, I think that was when Damian Priest became a babyface, right off that one bump. Yeah, he went back off the apron onto the, the stairs that was there. And the I think I can still hear the kind of fud now from it that's how bad it was <laughs> yes yes it was insane um one of the interesting things and of course we're going to reach on it the wnr awards later but Velteen dream i mean he was a guy in 2019 
that was going to be the the next big star, not only of NXT of WWE and the entire roster. And of course, we've we've had stories, and even in British wrestling this year, we've dealt with speaking out, which is saying obviously it has to be you know talked about in that way. Uh, but Velveteen Dream still was a part of NXT, and, and Triple H said no. Uh, we're going to use him and then kind of put into the middle of a takeover uh, in this way. Uh, could, I mean, it's a simple question. Could the dream maybe have done anything different or do you think this was kind of always, are you upset that it's happened to dream or has he got what he deserved? Well, based on what he's been accused of, and if, if that's true, he definitely got, uh, well, no, I don't know if he still has a job. If he's done with what he's been accused of, he still has a job. He has not got what he but I will say that, uh, you know, what he could have spoke uh, out on the situation more and tried to defend himself better. But, you know, I know how leaguers work. You know, a lot of times being quiet is due. I don't know. But it, it's weird. But at the same time, when you, that situation happens, you get in that situation, it is on you. So it's hard for me to have sweet for him. But him still having his job, is he ought to be thankful for that, obviously. I think that's because of we know how terrible. I honestly will tell you this has all happened. He has still, when he gets in the ring, like even this match recently against Adam Cole, he can still like really do his job well. Uh, but it's just hard to ignore that. I don't know. Like I said, I don't. I think he's definitely perfect for one of your awards. <laughs> and I don't know. He's definitely falling for. Uh, I think without a doubt, it's one of these things where you just look at it, and you know we have had it before in some like Mr. Kennedy where they were mid told us the next big thing. Obviously, different things happen. But I think with Triple H to say, oh, we're going to keep him on NXT, it's obviously they don't want to kind of push him to the moon at the moment. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see what he does. I also remember Karrion Cross because um, I've seen, you know, bits and pieces of, of impact and, and with, with Cross there. But to come in and absolutely destroy Champa the way he did in under seven minutes was, was kind of a statement of intent, I feel, wasn't it, you know? Oh, definitely. It established him as the real deal. It set up the next takeover, by the way kind of with the dominance you knew he was going straight to the top of the car uh it was just great it was great for him it was a great look uh i was definitely shocked by it i thought match even though i knew, i watched him he was dominant kind of like that in impact maybe maybe but it's still shocking when you know nxt's reputation and you know chompa's uh, uh it's uh you know definitely shocked to see him dominate it like that but uh i definitely think he did the job because uh, Karrion Cross is a made man, and I think if it's one thing, when you take out somebody like Ciampa, you fear thing about around you, and he's already doing a great job. At, he makes you fear him, you know. That's one yeah. thing I'll say, and that works well for him. Yeah, and uh, one of the other things, well, is Io Shai jumping off the top of the In Your House set onto uh, Charlotte and uh, Ripley again. It's just really, really enjoyable. In Your House was fun because they brought all back all the retro stuff, and I think they've done that with NXT this year. And I think when you look at it, I think it's actually worked more times than it hasn't. Um, you know, especially when it comes to that. My score for that was eight and a half. Match was Gagano versus Lee. And we talk about bringing back from the past. We had the Great America Bash, which was a special July 1st and July 8th. Uh, on the first night, we had Tegan Knox defeating Candice Ray uh, to become number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Timmy Thatcher defeated only Lorkin. Ray Blitley defeated Elia and Robert Stone. Dexter Loomis defeated Roger Strong in a strap match. And Io Shai defeated Sasha Banks with Bailey. And on night two, you had Candice Ray defeating Mia Yim. Bronson Reed defeated Tony Nese. Johnny Gagano defeating Swerve. 
Legado del Fantasma defeating Maverick Brizango, Mercedes Martinez defeating Santana Garrett, and then Keith Lee defending his North American the NXT title off Adam Cole. Yeah, I think uh, that last match definitely left its mark. Uh, even though I will, I, I have to say, uh, you know, one of the guys from Sure uh, tried to ruin it, <laughs> but uh, I will not bring that up. These are these were very strong shows. Uh, besides, I think from night one, I definitely enjoyed Timothy, Timothy Thatcher's and Oni Larkin's one-on-one, uh, you know, match. Uh, that match was in, it was great. Uh, it, I can't believe it. they say it's a ten-minute match. It, they could have did that forever. It was beautiful. I remember enjoying that match a lot. Uh, you know, uh, Dexter Loomis and Roger Strong, the strap match. I, uh, uh, of course, uh, EO and, and Sasha Banks. Uh, I remember that match. I did it better, but, you know, we can move on from that. Uh, and, yeah, uh, Johnny Gargano, I thought his match was so strong. It was, this was very strong television for two weeks in a row. Uh, I don't necessarily, uh, you know, on the uh, but you know, definitely for moments, Keith Lee and Adam Cole were one of the biggest moments. Of- yeah, I think this was NXT's first um, kind of say the first go of saying right, this is our kind of big show over two weeks to kind of battle uh, Fighter Fest. But I think it made the product better, and to have a match because, like I said, it was takeover worthy. Adam and Cole with his is is such a lengthy reign going against Keith Lee, and I think such a moment there. That was my match of the the show, and I gave that an eight and a half out of ten. Definitely. It was well-deserved. Well-deserved. All right, move on to our next TakeOver, which was NXT TakeOver 30, August 22nd. Uh, we had Bree Zango defeating Noan Lorcan, Danny Burch, and Legala Del Fantasma, uh, determined the number of contenders for the NXT titles. Finn Balor defeated Timothy Thatcher. Damian Priest defeated Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano, and The Dream uh, for the NXT North America title in a ladder match. Adam Cole defeated Pat McAfee. EO Shai defeated Dakota Kai for the NXT Women's title. And Karrion Cross defeating Keith Lee for the NXT Championship. Yes, uh, one of the, uh, I don't know where TakeOver uh, went on the reception. Like, you know, as far as like its reception, its reception. But uh, I do remember really, really enjoying this uh, from front, from all the way from the beginning to the end, especially the ladder match and Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher. Those matches were very strong points. Again, Timothy Thatcher uh, really established himself, in my opinion, throughout this year as a guy that they can count on to go and, uh, you know, if you put him with, with a, another elite, you know, wrestler, they're, they're going to put on a great match, you know, and it's going to tell a great story. And uh, I really love Thatcher's style. Pat McAfee, impressive performances ever for someone that uh, hasn't been wrestling for, forever or hasn't been trained to wrestle for a long time. Uh, and uh, yeah, carrying cross, even with you know, injury, still finishing the match, uh, and defeating Keith Lee, shocking everyone at the end. It was a definitely a strong, uh, I mean, that North American ladder match was bananas, wasn't it? You know, and uh, Priest getting the victory, uh, it was, yeah. it was probably the best thing there. And like I said, Pat McAfee's performance, I mean, I hated Pat McAfee, but there's uh, after a while, you kind of have to. Begrudgingly respect him because the performance he put in as someone as an elite performer as Adam Cole, yes, it helped him, you know, get carried in the match, but he still had to do his work for it. And like you said, cross at the end, I still don't think beating Keith Lee. I mean, they've moved much to the main roster now, but I still think the decisions they've made having cross just run through Lee. Uh, and then move in there because obviously we had carrying Cross's injury from that as well, didn't we? You know. Yes, I agree 100%. I, I did not agree with it at the time. Still, 
not too, you know, happy about it. I wish Keith Lee would have would have been allowed to have a longer reign or at least stay in NXT, uh, you know, to be honest, altogether. But, you know, we'll, you know, it's not up to us, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, uh, Karrion Cross, you know, I will say, again, establishing him as the new guy to beat and maybe putting someone over down the line and so much Cross falls to a Finn Balor or whoever it is down the line. Maybe you can look at it that way and understand it, but yeah, I agree. Uh, I I wouldn't have carried him across run. Uh, but that ladder match is one of the strong. It's like it was just another time where you just had to get again. You just got to tip your cap, and I don't wear hats. You have to tip it, you know. Because that ladder match was just in, insanity, and it was great. All 21 minutes. It was I, I loved it. I think without that, that was my match of the show, and I gave that an eight and a half out of ten. And we spoke about in the main event, Karen Cross uh, got injured and had to relinquish the NXT Championship, uh, and it was to be decided on Super Tuesday. And this was September 1st. Uh, we had uh, Azir Swerve, Zango defeating Legado del Fantasma. Candice Ray defeating Casey Cantazaro, Timothy Thatcher defeating Bronson Reed, and then in the Fatal Four Way Iron Man match for the NXT Championship, Champa versus Adam Cole versus Gagano versus Balor ends in a tie between Cole and Balor at 2 all and 1 1. So then we had NXT Super Tuesday night 2, September 8th, and Finn Balor defeating Adam Cole for the NXT Championship, and also we had The Dream defeating Ashanti Adonis, Bronson Reed defeating Austin Theory, Strong. Dane and Ripley defeat Mercedes Martinez, but I think the big story from that was a new NXT champion. Yes, yes, one of the best uh, matches uh, ever uh, I've, I've seen. I, I think definitely deserves it. It's almost, I, I almost Finn Balor. I'm trying my best not to spoil <laughs> my whole. Had so many my favorite matches, uh, and it's just like you almost forget about this. It was just almost, and uh, but it was just. It was great. I remember, you know, watching not only the Adam Cole at the the, the tie. It was just, it was insanity. Just watching those guys go from. I remember it being dramatic. I think it took like a, at least the last hour of the of the show or something almost. Like it was, it was, it was a great match. Man, I, I really that match from that show, and it, I think that overall carried the rest of the show. Uh, because not saying that the rest, I mean, lacked, but I don't think it held the count uh, counted to you know what happened in that main event yeah i think without all the kind of specials that we've had this year that one was more for about like we said that title match and then the carry on from it which is which is you know nothing wrong with that and then we move on october 4th and it's nxt 31 it's the first one that uh, you joined us with uh we both scored a 10 and of course we're going to run through the card we had uh, damian priest defeating johnny Gagano for the north american title kashida defeating the velveteen dream by submission santos escapar defeating his ears worth scott for the cruiserweight title eo shy defeating candace Ray for the women's championship and finn balor defeating kyle o'reilly in just an all-out war yes uh man uh one of the bit, one of the we we came away from that match, and that's the reason why I remember you getting that high rating from us. We came away from watching Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor do battle, and it's just it was just breathtaking. Uh, I could watch that on, you know, it's just you can it's just insane how physical it was and how you know, towing the line with professional wrestling, the strong style, and just you know the injuries after the match to only just kind of you know make them even more like warriors. Finn Balor looked like afterwards, even though he won. Like, oh, man, it's perfect. And, man, it's hard for me to not to – and I remember enjoying that entire show. But, man, that main of dicks out in my 
I think without a doubt, you know, when you 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 break your jaw in a matchup, it just shows you how crazy that is. And I think the overall show as well uh, was really good. And then we had Halloween Havoc on the 28th of October. We had Johnny Gagano defeating Damien Priest in a Devil's Playground match for the NXT North American title. Santos Escobar defeating Jake Atlas. Dexter Loomis defeating Cameron Grimes in a Horton House of Terror match. Rarely defeating Raquel Gonzalez and Io Shai defeating Candice LeRae in a tables, ladders and scares match for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, that got a nine and a quarter from me and a nine from you. Our match of the night was the ladder match, but I think that whole event was near on perfect. Yes, uh, with the theme, the t- you know, the timing, the set, uh, the way they performed it, uh, and the way it all came together, the, the car basically was perfect, you know, uh, even with the bad finish, in my opinion, for the uh, North American Championship match. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, maybe Jake Atlas match, you could do without. Other than that, the rest of it, perfect, magnificent. I could take it any time of the day. And, man, I still shout out to those ladies in that main event. For taking some of those bumps. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, that, that was just terrible. I mean, what they did to each other in that match. And, of course, it was uh, Cameron Grimes as well. Uh, his performance making me a fan of him in the House of Terror match against Dexter Loomis. Like I said, that was a, it was a great, great show. And then the last takeover of the year was December 6th, and it was NXT TakeOver War Games. Uh, our, ma- our match of the night was the uh, Women's War Games match. And uh, I gave that uh, a nine of course, and you gave that a nine. So let's just have a look. Of course, we started off with the um, women's war games match, which, which was, again, you know, even how long has it been since? Like nearly a month. It's still quite incredible when you think we talk about the punishment. Just the NXT women's division have put through each other this year. I think it's incredible, you know. And then we get to that match as well. Uh, of course, it's um, Team Cad. Kai, Gonzalez, Tony Storm defeating Team Shotzi with uh, Moon, Ripley and Shai. I mean, the spots in that were just incredible. Then we had Chumper versus Timothy Thatcher in, a, again, a brutal encounter. Dexter Loomis defeating Cameron Grimes in a strap match and ending that feud. Uh, Johnny Gagano defeating Damian Priest and Leon Ruff for the North American title. And then the Undisputed Era defeating Team McAfee uh, along with Pete Dunne, Danny Burchill and Lorcan in a War Games match. It was pretty incredible. Yes, it really was. Uh, it was just a perfect. Uh, I think that last match really looked like what it's like. It definitely looked. That's the one time I say a wrestling match matched the stipulation. Like it looked like a war, and uh, you know I, I, they did a great job at match. You know, again, uh, Pat McAfee impressive. Like you said, the ladies again or in the war games, like just some of those spots and. The eclipse on the chair just just flashed in my head again. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, it was a great night all again. Champa and don't forget Champa and Thatcher, you know, another strong match. So it was just yeah, War Games was a was a great way to finish off with the NXT. Yeah, so I mean, and if you look back, you know, they've had COVID to deal with, and of course not have doing shows in front of the crowd. I think NXT, better than not, you you got you know cut the problems with the tag team division, Vince. Uh, and the takeovers have really delivered this year, you know? I agree. I think they've done an incredible job with, you know, very strong shows, no matter, and doing the best with what they ha- had, you know, and, uh, you know, so far, all you know, with the circumstances and main roster call-ups and, you know, of course, with COVID and everything that's been going on. And I love their willingness 
every takeover or every special be creative. You know, no matter what it is, I, I felt like they were being creative the entire time and, uh, you know, trying to make everything make sense within the theme and, you know, just create and produce a, a strong uh, you know, show. And I, I loved it. So, uh, you know, I think they did really good, especially uh, uh, within the circumstances. I think with Shadow of a Doubt, NXT has delivered this year. But now it is time. And like we said, we are going to look at annual WNR Awards. Uh, we're going to run through the list we've here now we've got. And, of course, uh, Monty will join me with uh, what we have. And the first okay. awards that we're going to give away. First off, are you excited for the WNR Awards? I mean, it's the sixth annual. I mean, I'm sure you've heard about them before. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course I have. And I'm honoured to be a part of the sixth annual uh, you know, it's nice to be finally a part of the WWE Awards. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start the award show right now. And our first award to be presented is the Johnny Gagano Award for most punishment taken in a match. Now, for anybody that's never listened to the show before, this award was first handed out to Johnny Gagano uh, in a ladder match when he was teaming with DIY going against the Office of Pain where not only did he receive the most hellacious beating from AOP, but then Tommaso Ciampa then turned on him and ended the friendship between the two. Um, So that is what it's here for. I mean, and we talked about punishment in a lot of matches here tonight, but I'm going to give Johnny Gagano Wall for most punishment taken in the match to his wife, Candice LeRae, for the Halloween Havoc ladder match versus EO Shirai. Oh yes, I, I can I, I agree. One hundred percent, same exact pick that I uh, <laughs> definitely deserve it. I think uh, it's perfect that that she wins the Gargano Award. Of course, I, I think that's all a part of the Gargano way. They planned all of this, you know. <laughs> they planned it. I don't know how they, you know, did it, but they did it. And now, you know, winning even here together. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, she deserves it. That man, those bumps, man, it's just it's insanity. Uh, if you didn't watch it, please go check out her EO Shirai. Absolutely try to kill each other. <laughs> well, the thing is, I forgot about the table spot because Candace puts EO through like two tables at ringside, brings her back in, and then you get the bumps kind of end all bumps when EO puts her off. And Candace goes, I'm just gonna land knee first on the ladder here. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes, yes, I'm wincing now. Just remembering, it was insane. Oh my, I, just, I don't, I, I, I wrote definitely. Eo Shirai took uh, some punishment. Also, they both dished it out. It was insanity, man. And uh, I, I, it was memorable. Is that bump at the end where you just like, why, why take yeah. you please protect yourself. <laughs> Well, and then she obviously later on in the year for that's not enough. Let me try and break my arm at war games because, like I said, the the women's division is crazy, you know. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I think they uh, a lot of people in the best division, you know, not just best women's division, but just division in all of wrestling, and they are trying to they're they're willing to do anything. To... Yeah, I think without a doubt. All right, so our next award then is going to be well, there's two in one here because you've got the internet's most love can do no wrong and the internet's most hated can do no right so i don't know which one you want to go for most loved or most hated first uh let's go most loved first let's be positive first all right so my most loved internet's most loved can do no wrong is aew (laughs) (laughs) you you don't even have to explain that one (laughs) i get it 
does. Because it leads into my internet's most hated, which is Vince McMahon. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> because when you think about it, that I've been doing polls uh, for like every show of NXT for like the past year and a half. And AEW fans, even when the show has not been that good, will we'll vote for that show to be correct. And it seems AEW can do even that awful uh, pay-per-view they had uh, was three or four months ago. They were saying it was kind of the best show ever. And with Vincent Mann, they could put on the best show ever and you would still have a go at Vince for, for not doing something right, you know? Yeah, I, I can understand that. It is some very irrational, uh, you know, AEW uh, fan, or just, you know, fans in general about certain things on both sides. You know, some people can be irrational, uh, you know. Uh, I agree. I think they're way harder than past impress some of our, some of, of just like, you know, whether they don't like WWE morally or whatever. It's a whole, it's a whole little thing there that you, you that you can kind of see uh, formulating in the community, but I definitely understand it. Like you said, all you once, as soon as you said AEW, I, I got you. I really, I got you. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> who, who, who would you say is the most loved, the most hated at this moment in time? Okay, so in this moment in time, so uh, the most, you know, I, I would have to uh, go ahead. I wrote down Velveteen Dream, but the only reason why I pointed him out was I was thinking of it in the NXT realm. But I'm thinking about it now. Let's just do it widespread. Guys like Velveteen Dream, the Jackson Rikers, the uh, Lars Sullivan, those guys in there, you know, a couple of guys who were spoken, speak, spoke out again, of course. So, uh, yeah, those guys, and deservedly, I'm saying these guys do deserve to get, uh, you know, hated on if what these people were claiming against them is all true. And some of the, in a lot of these cases, it's looking bad. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, that's what came to my mind. I don't know what I get social media, but I'm just thinking about an accumulation as the year went on. It's been a lot in the community uh, of of that, and you know, like I said, deservedly so for some of these. Well, most of these people in that category is action. Uh, and in internet, most uh, especially from an in, from an NXT point of view, the only negative thing I've heard anyone tell me about Shotzi Blackheart is is that they just hope that she does not hurt. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, you know, and that's like they want her to get help because, you know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, everything don't work out the way she plans it every now and time. Even when they do work out, it looks really, really rough. Uh, and I don't know how she survived some of the bumps. She was definitely a candidate for the Gargano Award, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but, yeah, that's my internet. Oh, oh yeah, uh, honorable mention, E.L. Shirai. She can do no wrong yeah, I think we're out of doubt with that one. A couple of uh, great answers there. All right, we'll move on to our next award, and this is Promo of the Year. Uh, and this is quite difficult for me because I was trying to think back of uh, memorable promos. And of course, I one recently uh, saying that, you know, the team games are over. Um, Pat McAfee, anything that he does really is great. But what I'm picking out is uh, Tommaso Ciampa's one. I think it was at NXT TakeOver. And he was basically saying, this is not NXT anymore. This is not the NXT that he knows and loves. And I think I can relate to that promo uh, more than anything at the moment because NXT has had a few changes and it is not the same as it was, you know, like I said, a year or even two years ago. To say that and to the way they, they, you know, had it set, I think it's my favourite from the year. Yeah, I agree. If you've been watching, you know, not, not even, you know, not the reality show version, like 2014 NXT on to now, 
man, it's completely different, completely different. Uh, and uh, I agree, a relatable and strong promo. One of my favorites was something that I had to, I agree tough, because to be honest, I think either, not that everyone, not that no one is that memorable, I just consider most promos on NXT, I don't think that's their main focus, Yeah, is to be, you know, overly, uh, you know, whatever it is with their promos, you know, it's more so in-ring action, they do more talking, more storytelling with the in-ring work, they keep it short and sweet for the most part in promos, uh, you know, uh, but you know, of course, that changes depending on who it is. But I like Keith Lee's promo towards Karrion Cross on July 29th in response to when Cross attacked Dijakovic. I love his energy. I love the uh, the intensity he brought to that moment. It was short, but it was perfect, you know. And then, of course, it was the segment was made even better when Cameron Grimes decided to come out and have the nerve to speak to a very angry Lee who j- immediately. Uh, just destroyed him uh, <laughs> just for interrupting his promo. So, yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed that. That was very, very strong. Moment. That may be forgotten since it happened in the summer. I think, like I said, the past, uh, even looking back on the year, to see how important Keith Lee was to the entire NXT brand up until his loss to uh, Karrion Cross. And it, it kind of gets forgotten about because, obviously, what he's done on the main roster since. But, like you said, he's... Uh, it's a huge part of NXT. And like I said, we talk about promos well. It's an excellent point of the fact is they don't kind of rely on that or if they do, it's more kind of vignettes or something that's happening backstage as opposed to getting the mic and doing it in ring. And I think, like I said, Pat McAfee at the moment in time is kind of showing a lot of people what to do. Uh, oh, our, next awards, our next awards is another one where I think NXT is kind of maybe lacking, especially in the main roster. Uh, we talk about manager of the year because you know there's not that many choices when it comes to nxt you know not at all i actually robert stone by default i don't think this manager but i he may be one of the only managers uh that nxt have uh maybe scarlet you know i think you know she compliments her her the person that she you know manages the most out of anyone uh who, who manages so maybe scarlet bardo for cross but i don't i don't really yeah other than Robert Stone and Bibbins yeah. now, but with Rush beginning. Well, it's a bit of a shame, really, when it comes to magic, because the magic can be important. Like to talk about as well, when someone maybe can't hit a promo and they can do it for them. But I think Robert Stone's going to be my pick because um, a lot of people are saying that, you know, it's based on Tony Khan with the kind of AW stuff. But I think he's actually made the character more entertaining than that. And to get run over by a tank, you know, what was it, two or three <laughs> times the way he has done... And the feud with Ray Ripley, uh, and he's every time, which I think uh, kind of a little snotty manager like him should. Uh, and then we'll see where we go from there. But I think it's, def- it's definitely something NXT needs to look at in that way. Yes, I think uh, it's a dying art, you know, in, in WWE as a whole, the manager. I would love to see. And we move on to the next award, and that is Commentator of the Year. Uh, I don't know if I'm by. I don't know if it's, I don't really think personally for me. But it was just so great to see in this position and back. So I, 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 I maybe I don't know if he's done enough to deserve it because he wasn't here the entire year. But he's been great since he's been there, and uh, I, I think he deserves the commentator award. Well, I got to say, my commentator year again is Wade Barrett. So we've gone the same for that. I think it's the reason of Mario Ronaldo. Don't get me wrong; he had a lot of emotion, he had a lot of passion, but he did. Slightly overkill sometimes when it comes to NXT TakeOver events. I love someone like a Nigel McGuinness. I think he's a fantastic commentator. And Vic yeah. Joseph, 
Vic Joseph at this moment in time as well. I think he's come from that learning tree. And I was so pleased because I've heard uh, Barrett do commentary and the way he's just taken it like a duck to water of a kind of like uh, Nigel McGuinness did. And he's just settled in so uh, well. And and he, he's not offending anybody. Do you know what I mean? He's he, he's like a great commentator. He's a bit like a, a great referee as well, where you kind of, you don't really notice they're there, but they're giving you what you need as the match goes on. And, you know, they're not kind of trying to shout over the other guy. They're just adding to the match. And because of the experience and, you know, well, you know the matches he's been in and who he's faced, you kind of take that as a kind of expert opinion. I think it works really well at the moment. Right. He's not overly annoying. Uh, you know, some people... And they played a role of, uh, you know, especially in his role on commentary. You know, I called him stupid. Of course, I meant Wade Barrett earlier. But, uh, you know, Barrett is just so good at uh, just doing, like, the, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to do much. Like, I've seen, you know, JBL sometimes not too much, you know, mm-hmm. on commentary. And, like, I just love how Stu keeps it simple. And, like you said, everything is believable. I don't know if it's just because of his voice or if it's just because we love uh, Wade Barrett altogether. He's just just perfect, and I, I think he's the award uh, going away, actually. Uh, and I, I miss Morrow. Vic Joseph and Wade, and, uh, and Wade Barrett have picked up the slack perfectly, and uh, yeah, it's great. And uh, we talk about our next award, because it could be Barrett getting a, a double here. Might not. It's comeback of the year. <laughs> it's the comeback of the year in NXT. Uh, I've got to say that my one... Uh, looking back on comebacks, I kind of, you know, we've, we've had Finn Balor's one. I think my favourite comeback, and I'll get on to explain a little bit more about it in a bit as well, is uh, Ember Moon. Because Ember Moon coming back to NXT, uh, I was lucky enough with, you know, a few friends to watch Oscar versus Ember Moon for the NXT Women's Championship in England uh, in 2017. And yeah. those battles and that story of Ember Moon just not you know, being the best in the division, but just having someone who was that little bit better. And it kind of, the similarities between like a kind of rock or a a stone cold storyline of these are the two best and Ember Moon just can't quite get the job done. Her coming back, I'm thinking, right, let's get behind her and let's see what she can do. And like I said, I'll get more on that in a bit. Uh, Who's your comeback of the year? I agree. I believe Ember Moon is perfect. It was very exciting to see her back in. Uh, I think this is what the, not only her character, but you know, fresh off the injury, I think it's perfect to come back in and you know get everything back together and just I can't wait to see what else they're gonna want. Uh, so I definitely think she deserves comeback. And honorable mention, I don't remember her comeback. Being, like, I don't remember exactly came back, but I know since he's come back, Kyle O'Reilly had the level, so I wanted to mm-hmm. give him a shout out there uh, for when he took a break, kind of away early in the pandemic, I believe, or whatever, and. Uh, you know, he returned. He's He's been on another level since. Just wanted to get that shout out. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, that's an excellent thing. Uh, we move on now to two of uh, the personal favourites. We've got Holy Shit 1 and 2. So we've got Holy Shit 1, which is good. Holy Shit 2, which is bad. Um, I don't think it's any surprise. But my Holy Shit good of the year. And they talk about, you know, uh, Damien Priest's bump and... Uh, Everything happened. It took place at NXT War Games, and it was Eoshii on the top of the cage <laughs> with that little smile on her face before she took the trash can on and then dove into the darkness. I mean, <laughs> I have watched that, I would say, you know, half a dozen times now. Oh, man. Definitely one of the most enjoyable moments in not, not NXT history, like wrestling history. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's just so enjoyable. Uh, I understand that. My pick was Keith Lee becoming double champ. It was just really, it was just perfectly executed. You know, uh, if you just watch how the, the match against him uh, with Adam Cole finished, it was just, it was just all. I remember really, really this is just uh, incredible. The only thing that takes away from this moment is what happened, the title run. But enough about that. This moment, I definitely said, holy shit, and I was definitely in a good mood about it. So I think this fits perfectly. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, especially with holding the two titles up, the ticker tape, it was just a, a picture-perfect moment. Much like EO with a little smile before she dives off. Um, we move on to holy shit bad. Uh, this was difficult as well because, again, I'm, I'm not one of those you know NXT fanboys that go, well, nothing was terrible. But I was trying to think, has anything like offended me or... And it was Pat McAfee, if the, you know, if this was six months ago. But I think <laughs> I, I've got to say now, the thing that's really kind of, I thought, holy shit, was bad, was the whole ghost face thing in NXT. Okay, there you go. Okay, that's a good pick. Uh, I honestly, I like that. I'm, I'm mad that I did, because the thing that came to my mind when I thought holy, and I agree, this was difficult because it wasn't much, yeah. in my opinion, that I just thought was bad, so bad. Nothing really came to mind. See, but Charlotte, not necessarily, but also defeating her, putting over no one. That whole little, you know, thing before she left and now that she's returned. Welcome back, Queen, of course. But uh, I did not like, I, I was hoping that they, when Charlotte beat Rhea, that they were going somewhere and, you know, something, someone would prevail. And I know maybe since EO won it, but, you know, she didn't beat Charlotte. She won it the way she won the Triple Threat match. It wasn't necessarily being put over by Charlotte, in my opinion. But I mean, I guess, but EO was already Charlotte was needed there. But again, that was my only thing that uh, was bad. And I know that's not this control. Uh, you know, that's the worst thing I think of. But the thing is, and again, I'm not having to go at Charlotte, but she's pissed me off at a few WrestleManias now. You know, defe- defeating right. Oscar, defeating Ray Ripley. Uh, oh no, it's not her, but getting involved in Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch's match, but it should have been single at WrestleMania. Like I said, the place and they protect her above and beyond you know the most wrestlers uh on the rest uh, on the roster i think the ghost face thing was just annoying because of how long it kind of went uh right. and, and af- after a while you know kind of uh having that moment where you wait for the reveal of who it is you see multiple ones you go oh wait a minute no it's just austin theory and yeah. the best the whole point of that storyline was it for you know it was me austin it was me all along then that shouldn't have taken three months to get to. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. It definitely didn't deserve all the suspense they tried to put around it. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, going now on to our next award, which is a tweet of the year. Uh, well, this for me, I, I could have picked out kind of wrestlers tweet or something NXT did, but again, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat. And it is the EO shy meme from her jumping off the top of the cage. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that really- and I understand it. I can't do no wrong. She's awesome. And yes, making a meme of that is perfect. It's one of those moments, again, one of the greatest moments that you'll ever see in any type of wrestling. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I think that's a great pick right there. Uh, I was having a tough time. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to pick out, as far as NXT goes, Triple H pointing out that they don't talk about because of uh, Leon Ruff's not being able to uh, keep the belt around his or keep on his waist, <laughs> I thought that was a uh, I thought that was the year uh, candidate. And I also saw this tweet where someone uh, uh, I think took his name at Seahawk. Uh, he said NXT and AEW are so much better. Watch this. 
And I actually just want to point out that back to what we were talking about earlier, that I actually agree with that. That so, with, like this recent thing that they did last week, where they would come out, where one came out later in America, uh, that worked out. I don't watch back, and, you know. Uh, usually, I don't. I just watch whichever one I'm going to. Watch, I watch it first, and then I record the other one, and that's yeah. just how it goes. But you know, I just want to point out that there, if they could find out a way to switch days, do like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday, Wednesday, Thursday type thing. Man, we could, as wrestling fans, we could just stop all of that arguing, and it would be so pleasant just watching wrestling all week. But, you know, that's just... Well, the thing is, with the the UK, we get uh, Raw, SmackDown, NXT all live. You know, we can watch at the same time. But we don't get Dynamite until Friday evening because um, ITV... Yeah, ITV, who hold the rights, can't actually show it live because the ad breaks break british law which i never knew before but apparently you can wow. do it on um satellite so like i said we, we, i can watch lxt on like the thursday after work and then dynamite is a friday night thing which actually gives me time then you know exactly i see i think that we have this whole thing where they're all uh if you're watching national in america they're on at the same time and you know it's a, that's part of putting war thing is because of the ratings update and i know a lot of that is there on wednesday but you know, it's just still something that I noticed and I thought it was a point. No, without a doubt, like I said, it was difficult this year because there's not kind of been, you know, out and out tweets back and forth because of uh, the pandemic and everything that's kind of been going on. I think wrestlers have been watching themselves a little bit closer. Of course, with the Twitch stream and everything being banned, you know, they're kind of working on a tightrope at the moment because um, obviously, you know, everything that has happened this year. Uh, we'll move on to one of the... Uh, most well-known awards, I would say, it's the most improved. What wrestler or, or what thing has been most improved this year in NXT? I believe uh, a wrestler, the most improved wrestler to me, and uh, and I don't necessarily, I mean just like all of it together, position and how much I like and, and believe in her character. And of course, I, she was injured, I think, uh, last year. I believe that was last year. Dakota Kai is my pick. Uh, I believe she in so, much, so many levels as far as like where she's in the division, like at first I was really wasn't I was unsure. I thought she was you know kind of uh you know knock off Bailey you know character, but ever since she had a chance to you know go, get out and you know show more of an aggressive side with that already nice style and striking style that she used in the ring, I, I just been really enjoying a lot of the uh you know she really has improved in standing in my eyes. I think without doubt, I think and you could even say Gonzalez alongside her have improved so Agreed. much. Been put in a position with Ripley now where they know she's safe. And Kai coming out on top with a feud over Tegan Knox. I know Knox has had, again, a third ACL injury, which is just kind Ooh. of awful, awful news. Um, yeah. But Dakota Kai has kind of gone from that and is, is one of those at the moment where she is a trusted hand on NXT. You know, And like I said, you talk about the improvement coming through. Uh, I think next year could be the year for her to actually find some success with uh, Gonzalez or not. Uh, I think my most improved, and it's it's not a wrestler per se, but it's Johnny Gagano. And and before anybody goes, well, Johnny Gagano's a great wrestler. Yes, he is. <laughs> but work, don't forget when he turned, wasn't at that level. He was still kind of loved for being Johnny Wrestling. And I feel the last, you know, especially the last six months, he's kind of really honed the craft. You know, the feud with Damian Priest. Uh, and everything that's gone through with Candice LeRae now as well, with the we can see it with Gagano Christmas. I think his heel work 
is kind of second to none now in NXT, and I think that has been the biggest improvement for me this year. I agree. I, I love it. I think I think because he's so great in the ring and always has been, he don't come to mind when you think most improved sometimes. But yes, as a character and like his way with the way he make you feel as a heel, he's way more convincing now. Uh, this is much. It just seems much more natural. Because one thing I will count on is him ch- making me chuckle at just how annoying he can come off, or just how you know <laughs> dismissive. It's just it's funny. He everything he does is hilarious. But I also understand why you. That's that's you can tell that line per deal. I think if you do that, you really can really make magic in in wrestling. If you told the line between being kind of funny, but we because we know you can bring it in the ring, and I think that's what Gargano is has really uh, established uh, as his, in his character. Yeah, I think that, that only we see him now with the North American title, and is it only a matter of time until Lorraine gets it and the prophecy is met? I, I think with NXT, the one thing I do like about it, we saw it with the Undisputed Era, you know, when it's got a storyline, it usually has a payoff, so hopefully that can work out in uh, 2021. Uh, another interesting award that we give out is Better Off Last Year. What NXT wrestler is better off <laughs> last year than they were now. I think you already said it earlier. It's just so simple. Velveteen Dream was on pace. Like you said, not only one of the biggest stars, he is supposed to be probably currently something, you know, uh, completely different than where he is now. And of course, it's all due to his own actions and situations. But still, it's just it's crazy to think about how he could go from one of the best because he was young. You know, he just thought he perfect. He had a great future. And so now you're just unsure to what's going to happen. I think that is the, the, the best bet for Better Off last year. Um, and that would be my pick, along with someone else. And again, my next couple of choices, <laughs> I don't want anybody to hate me, right? But Better, <laughs> better, better Off last year, I'm going to say Rhea Ripley, right? Oh, oh, great. Because if you think about where she was this time last year, she had just been in Survivor Series. You know, the, the, the team had won. She was uh, getting on her way. And then, you know, if we, even if we lead on the same uh, timeline of she was going to face Charlotte, imagine Ripley running through Charlotte at WrestleMania. The star is born then. And then it could even be, you know, losing to you, uh, EO at TakeOver, moving up to the main roster and kind of being a dominant force she is, as opposed to what has she really done in a year, you know? Uh, honestly, until this rocket began, I think the most thing, biggest thing she did a note besides the EO and a and a, and a, and a couple of rematches, I believe, or whatever, and a couple in a match. Uh, I think that was due to Rob Stone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, and Aaliyah. So uh, you know that's pretty much it. She hasn't done a whole lot, and I agree with her. I understand this may rub some people the wrong way because I know, uh, you know, Rhea definitely it doesn't need to. Uh, you know, she's not better off last year, like, as far as in-ring work. I think she's still having great matches. It's just, like you said, as far as where she was and where it looked like she was headed, mm. yeah, she definitely uh, was better off last year. I hope, you know, next year people can email me angrily and say, well, look, she became multiple-time women's champion this year. And I'll be like, well, that's great, but she didn't at the end of 2020. So let's hope Ripley can upset her a better 2021 than she did in 2020. Uh, and this is the one overrated in NXT. This is the award that's probably going to get me in a lot of trouble. Who is the most? Uh, who's your most overrated in NXT? Okay, so I don't think mine's been too much. It may be. I'll have to see. But and 
I don't. I, I, I'm. I'm just gonna go out and say it. Santos is is overrated based on uh, how he's projected on television, and uh, you know, even though I've enjoyed, uh, he talks as if he is, you know, reestablished vision. I will say now, I don't watch, even though I have heard good things about it. What he's, what they've been doing on Two or Five Live. Yeah, I that one does. <laughs> uh, exactly. No one really keeps up that I know about that. So. You know, and the cruiserweight division is still, you know, you know, it's 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 it exists in NXT, and they have Jake Atlas, you know, Swerve, they have a strong matches. Still not where I thought it, you know, especially uh with the whole tournament they had at the beginning of the pandemic and all of that. Uh, but you know, I think I'm expecting more from him next year, and that's what I will say. I think in the ring he has everything you need to be, but I think he can do so much more. Him and his uh, you know, his faction. They can do a lot more, and uh, I don't know. Maybe they're just scratching this wall. But as of right now, he's well. They need changes. Like I said, a champion is only as good as who he's got stepping up. And if it is, you know, just uh, Ashante the Adonis, then it's not that big a challenge. And I think that's something they could definitely look at. Uh, and again, like I said, nothing. It's not perfect NXT. Like I said, the the NXT tag team division and the cruiserweight division still needs a lot, a lot of work. Uh, yeah. But but my overrated, uh, and again, this is going to, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to say my overrated is Finn Balor. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, yeah. explain right. me. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Right. This is why I'm explaining it. So, Balor is a great wrestler. There's no <laughs> doubt about that, right? A great character. I really, really like him. But. Ever since, and, and it's kind of something to do with kind of like most loved a couple of years ago as well, is Balor um, does a lot of things right. But I think the general consensus when it comes to uh, either people on Twitter or elsewhere is that Balor is a main eventer. He is WWE champion, WWE universal champion, chip level. Now, why I'm saying he's overrated, I don't see Balor as that. I see Balor as a fantastic Intercontinental Champion. I see him as a, you know, a United States title, uh, or where he is in NXT now. I'm not going to say he's the the king of the independents. Is not me kind of slapping him in the face, but I think <laughs> Balor has found a style. He's he's found he's kind of work and how he likes to work, and I think being in NXT suits him more. And I think people that says, oh, he needs to be on the main roster is is WWE champion. I think uh, he's overrated because if you look at the other talents on the roster, you know, like a Pete Dunne and Adam Cole, then for, in my eyes, I have a chance before Balor does. I might, I might be wrong with that, but I don't know what you feel. Okay, I, 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 I get that point of view. I honestly, especially when you think about it from where uh, he's like talked, he kind of talked about amongst world champion status and i think it, it has a lot to do even though it didn't the universal title run he had definitely got a lot of people's hopes up for what he could become at at top of the at the top of the card uh but uh i i, I don't know i agree i would love to see it. it'd be nice for finn Balor to get that opportunity but I, I i agree i don't think he was a top priority brought up you know right now as as like WWE champion not saying he didn't deserve it but, uh, yeah, I, I see your point of view. I, I, I'm not saying you're right, but I do see your point of view. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I see I see what you're saying. The only thing I'll say about that, you know, as far as, like, Pete Dunne goes, Pete Dunne's another guy. Maybe now he's toned up and he's, uh, he's just great. He's very, very good at being aggressive. Maybe Vince would like his style as me, but I don't know. I don't know 
if Vince would like Pete over Finn Balor. But then again, you know, they both kind of have similar fault only likes, mm. if you know what I mean. So anyway, besides that, I, I understand what's rated. I think I can I can I can understand it. Uh, but it's hard for me to agree with that when that's when that's like when I, we'll wait, we'll wait. <laughs> yeah, no, well, well, I'm not saying he he's an unbelievable wrestler, but I, I feel like the hype train with Balor uh sometimes you know people put in a position where let's not forget the others that he's working with as well you know what i mean I like, it's, okay yeah. but it's like that with, it's even like that with adam cole you know the, the people that he's worked with have made him look as good as he has the last couple of years it was just throwing a cat amongst the pigeons anyway um so we move on to overrated to underrated so who's the most underrated performer on nxt right now okay so uh I'm, i may be showing my new japan bias but my most, and I think he's starting to do it. I think uh, can you know do more, but where where they're heading with him, I think Kushida is underrated. Uh, I don't think, especially in on on in America, I don't think a lot of people over here know anything about what can bring to that. I know some, of course, we have a lot of people who are fans of New Japan who are familiar of him, but I don't know if they really know how good. Uh, that goes someone. I'm not saying I want him, in, but if you were to have him to the anchor, he can he can help. You know. Solidify him and Santos Escobar may have a great title just to establish the vision. You don't have to stay in, you know, it's an idea anyway. But anyway, the point is, I think Kushida is very underrated. He's just so good in the And I don't think NXT came close to showing off how good. Yeah, I completely agree. Kushida is a great shout uh, for that. My one underrated. And again, this is not more. This is more about kind of NXT and myself, because I think the person I've underrated the most this year has mm-hmm. been Cameron, Cameron Grimes. I think here's a guy that uh, I, I just didn't like his look. I weren't sure about the character. And then in that in the, the feud with, um, like I said, Loomis, he the old expression of, you know, getting chicken shit and making chicken salad out of it. I think right. Grimes <laughs> Grimes has, has delivered so much. And he actually made me believe that he was scared of this haunted house and the kind of performance. And, you know, a lot of wrestlers would have kind of half-hearted and, and not tried. And he's given everything. So just imagine that guy with a kind of direction um, at, you know, and a point to him. And I think that is why I think he's severely underrated. I think you give him something to sink his teeth into. I think he can truly deliver in 2021. I can't think of a segment that I didn't enjoy that involved Cameron Grimes. Whether he was talking, whether he was uh, doing a little squash match, uh, a couple of moves, and I, uh, you know, a couple of moves in every match that I just go like, how did he do that? <laughs> anyway, like I, I love Trev. I'm about to call his other name, but I love uh, <laughs> uh, Cameron Grimes. He's very, very good, and uh, uh, I think he's a great pick for underrated. I think he caught your attention, and I hope other people, you know, have uh, take take note of just how good he has a chance to also be very, very good for years to come. But th- this is the kind of beauty of wrestling. This is why I still like it even now as well, is because that your guy can show up that you're not sure about or you've heard on the independent scene or, you know, and you're going, well, you're going to to me. And then you do. And, and this is why you know, I will change my opinion. If there's someone I thought, oh, they're terrible. It's like Pat McCaffrey. And then he does say, you go, well, actually, I've actually got to say fair, fair play to you because I didn't think uh, you could do it. And I think Grimes is another one of those guys who's going, all right, yeah, no, you, you've definitely uh, turned my attention there. I talk about turning your attention to who's your one to watch for 2021. Okay, I decided to do one for uh, the women and uh, Damian Priest for obvious reasons. I think he's one to watch oh, in WWE overall. I think star for the, whether it's NXT 
or whether it's WWE down the line. And I think Raquel Gonzalez of women's division, I think the same points can be made about both people. They could be two of the biggest stars in this company's history if treated right and booked uh, in the right way. I love what NXT is doing with them so far. Yeah, I would have agree with that i think my one to watch and i've got like i said one for the women's and one for the men's as well uh my women's and again one to watch i think a lot of people are already on the bandwagon but like i said shotzi blackheart as long as she I doesn't agree. like i said as long as she doesn't kill herself i think 2021 can be saying kind of like uh anything else because it's a style and it's a different character and she's just unlike anything that we have seen and i think that makes you sit up and take notice uh and i say with the male one want to watch uh maybe i don't like him as much as i should but i think austin theory with his connection with gagano and candice array now depending on how they play it out he'll either be cannon fodder or he may be be able to you know have a series of matches against gagano which i think is only a, a good thing for him so i would say those two are definitely ones to watch out for next year uh yeah definitely blackheart uh i can't say nothing but great things about Toxic blackheart uh she- uh, I think you hit right on the nail. She's nothing like anyone else on the roster, and that is perfect uh, for building a perfect star like right there. When she's nothing, like when you can't find anyone like her, I think that's a great element to have. And uh, Theory, uh, always in the ring, and I think him and Gargano definitely could have great matches together, similar to a match he had with Adam Cole this year. If they were, uh, you know, to do that, I think Theory could excel if they would showcase his skills. I think without a doubt, and I think this is the thing they have to do with certain wrestlers is give them a chance, like we talked about Cameron Grimes, and see if they can uh, take it to the, the next level, so to speak. Uh, our next award, because we're moving towards the, the big ones, but our next award is Move of the Year. And my favourite move of the year is very, very simple, and it's Leon Ruff. And it's going from the top rope <laughs> to the second to the bottom, yeah. underneath the guy's feet. It's just magical, you know? It's it's a beautiful every time you. Uh, I wish it was like I wish it was like a setup to it, like so he could just save it to like the the perfect moment and hit it out of nowhere kind of before it finishes. I don't I don't know. It's it's just insane. It's still a great see. I love it. I, I pop for it. My move of the year just based on the fact that it was inevitable whenever she wrestled is Eo's moonsault. Didn't matter for most of, when she pulled out the moonsault, you knew what was going to happen until recently. I think. Until his last war game, uh, it didn't. She did not get the victory in that match. Uh, but yeah, it's been dominant. We'll watch every time she does it, and I think it's always uh, can be a candidate for this award as long as she's on NXT. I think without a doubt. All right, so we're moving on to the the big ones now, and our next one is entrance of the year. I think there's been. You know, entrances maybe been hampered a little bit due to COVID and everything's going on there. But I think when I look at NXT this year, I think there's one entrance that sticks out with me. Uh, and that is, of course, uh, Carrion Cross coming out. Um, with Scarlett Bordeaux singing along with it, I mean, yes, I'll take that. But it's just the whole smoke and mirrors thing. And it, he felt like a big deal as soon as you saw his entrance. Yeah, I agree. One of the most uh, definitely eye-catching. I feel like... Uh... One thing it does, if you're not if you're not really into wrestling or watching television, and you flip on to that, and you just you hear the music and you see the smoke, and like you said, you see all of that happen. You see how the interest come together, comes comes together. It could just it could just keep you stuck to the television screen, trying to figure out you know what are you watching. It's, it's kind of hypnotic almost. I I agree. I love that. Uh, I think where uh, Damian Priest brought out 
the guitarist. I think that moment, and I love shots at Blackheart at War Games uh, oh, yeah. at the stage. That was one of my two of my favorites. So I picked those out. And I think I'm going with Priest. Yeah, no, I mean Priest was. I, I remember that now as well. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> and that's a depose on the stage. Um, but that is interesting. So that's hopefully next year. Like I said, they can uh, have more fans in attendance and maybe grander entrances when it comes to takeovers. And another thing uh, NXT needs to work on that we talked about is the tag team division because, like I said, only one takeover this year. The tag team titles have been defended. Uh, but tag team of the year, who is your NXT tag team of the year? Uh, as far as in-ring work goes, maybe you could make a case for Brazongo. But my picks, just off pure enjoyment of the storyline that, that we have here and just their chemistry and the, the, the way they team with each other is, is Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. They come in. I, I've really enjoyed everything they've done to put this team together. And I just I love their back even more so than a lot of their matches when it started, to be fair. But I think in the short time I've seen them, I really like what they're doing. But I agree. They really need to work on the tag team division because it wasn't really – uh, a deep pool uh, to pick from. Uh, no. Maybe Imperium. You know, I don't know. Well, exactly. Undisputed Era, maybe, but uh, again, not been featured as much. Uh, I will say my tag team of the year has, has been my tag team before, but this year they finally got the gold. And yes, they had to sell their soul to the devil, but ah, they, okay. they, they are tag team <laughs> champions and, of course, uh, featured in the main event of War Games. It is uh, Danny Birch. And only Lorcan are my tag team of the year. They definitely deserve it. They deserve it all. They deserve it all. Even if they, you know, like you said, had to sell their soul to Mecca of all people. Uh, <laughs> they're at the top. And, you know, again, uh, even if I wanted to think about how, like, who who would even be against them? I don't. I can't think of anybody that's even close, you know. So, I, like, again, off pure enjoyment, I chose Maverick. But you cannot go wrong with only Lorcan. Well, let's hope these two teams can have a series of matches now because the thing is about Lorcan and Birch is how well they work with any other team. And, of course, Drake Maverick's got the kind of ability uh, to just... He's so likeable. And the whole uh, story with Dane, again, talk about NXT, hopefully being able to pay off. And we talk about storylines. And our next award is Storyline of the Year. Of course, we've got Rivalry of the Year, but we'll go with Storyline of the Year first. Uh, And my one is Adam Cole's year. That is my storyline. I know maybe technically not a full-on storyline, but when you look at where Undisputed were at the beginning of the year uh, with with Adam Cole as the kind of, you know, the, the Darth Vader type, and then uh, with the kind of breakout of O'Reilly and the single start from him there. Of course, the match with Keith Lee and losing his NXT title after becoming the longest reigning champion and then into Pat McAfee. Uh, I, I think anything Adam Cole's been with this year is kind of the storyline being told of a guy who's, you know, getting he's one of the biggest faces on NXT now compared to where he was at the start of the year. It, it's been a fantastic story. I agree. And the, uh, the process turning into, I wouldn't say he's outright, but he's definitely not, you know, bad guy. Uh, you know, he, how in it, the Undisputed Era is in this role is unique. And I agree. I've been, I've also love how, Throughout the year, he's re- he's kept me rather invested. I'm still wondering uh, now, like uh, you know, as we go into, you know, is Adam Cole gonna keep allowing Cole fight for that belt yeah. that he held for so long? It's just, I agree, he's very, very interesting, a uh, very interesting storyline is uh, what they've been been doing with Adam Cole. I like that. 
a lot. My pick would be in pure enjoyment. The story itself may not be the deepest story, but Cameron Grimes, every, I must get, I gotta give them props. It may went a little bit long because I didn't think they needed to fight as many times as they ended up doing, but overall, it could take their qualities and you take and you think about how much you enjoyed, you know, just them together. And then, like you said, the overall, the way Grimes, his character, like you have to have some character to do, to, to work with a character like Loomis because Loomis does, he doesn't he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't talk. He doesn't emote much. Uh, this is purely off your reaction. So Cameron Grimes, uh, I love their and the and the storyline and accumulating with that strap match. Uh, it was yeah, I really like uh, their storyline. I thought I thought that was a, for just just pure enjoyment. Uh, you know, especially with the Halloween having uh, one of my favorite matches of the year. So yeah, that's my storyline. Well, that's your storyline. Uh, the next award is rivalry year, and mine is Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I was, I, I, this is where we were going here. I was trying to figure out, should I put it for rivalry? And I found something else. You know, I'm glad. It's nice to see that, you know, the thought processes were similar here. You know, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, basically, wow. everything you said about Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis and a storyline I didn't think I needed that uh, I really, really enjoyed and was paid off really well. I can't say anything more. That's my, it's my rival of the year. I agree. That's the thing. Like, they were, if you look at the premise, you would think, like, this would be something if they were, the producers were telling you this is what you're going to be doing. You're like, really? Like, this is this is horrible. And But their execution of it made it all make sense. Uh, my rivalry advice when they're there is besides the finish of the of that triple threat match with Austin Theory being the, uh, being unveiled is Damian Priest and Gargano. Uh, even with Leon, you can make you can allow that to be a part of the rivalry, and it, that last the rivalry even stronger. Priest and Gargano has a great chemistry together. I enjoyed the first match. I enjoyed the match just over, uh, over the NXT uh, North American title, and you know now that Gargano has prevailed, you know of course I'm biased towards Damian Priest, but I just some of the strongest matches of the year. Uh, and like their rivalry NXT throughout the week, as far as television goes, especially with uh, the champion being in and out and a lot of the uh, other stuff going on around. Them. I think without a doubt. All right, up next we well we've got five awards left, and these, like I said, are the five biggest awards that we give out. So first up, uh, we are going to do Woman of the Year. I don't think it's any surprise who's my pick. Um, what about yours first? <laughs> uh, I, I don't enlist. I really will be shocked if we have a different pick. <laughs> if if we've picked like, Candice LeRae here, I am going to be surprised. But um, <laughs> there, there can only be one, really, isn't there? You know. Yeah, she deserves it. Uh, my woman of the year is, of course, Io Shirai. I agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. It was easy, Wait. honestly. It was really easy. I was going to say, what can be said about EO? Not only the coolest woman, but maybe the most exciting to watch uh, and just delivering in every big match she's in this year. Definitely delivering every big match. And I just want, I want people to watch, especially the people who think uh, cannot be you know, portrayed a certain way or can't be a top champion. Like, look at the way they portray EO is also very perfect. Uh, you know, the, the promos with sub, subtitles. Uh, even when she does speak, you know, uh, it, it's meaningful. It, it, you mm. know, you need to listen. It's quick. So, you know, I, I like I does is cool. 
And like I, I just wish characters like Shinsuke Nakamura would get you know to do stuff like this and just display that on the main roster. But that's another argument. EO deserves this, and she's definitely, in my opinion, uh, the best woman on NXT. Right, that when she when she comes out, it just screams superstar, and you wonder how they're going to fuck it up on the main roster. But like I said, <laughs> the, the EO as a character is second to none. All right, who's your man of the year, then? Durin Arwal for man of the year. Drum roll, please. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> the, the only win this award, but also your, overall, my man of the year, is Finn Balor. Uh, I do want to point out that Finn Balor, in my opinion, uh, just had one of the strongest years that you can point out. And I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it. My next, one of my other picks, Finn Balor will be there. So I will explain more. <laughs> Like, well, my man, Balor is right up there. Um, Keith Lee would be a guy. We talk about how big a six, seven months he had in NXT before the title run came to an end. And Lee would have got it if he was on NXT. But I can give it to one man. And weirdly enough, it's my man is the guy that's going to face your man. The next time we're doing a podcast together in a couple of weeks' time for New NXT New Year's Evil, okay, and that <laughs> well, about segue, uh, and then that is Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, this man at the start of the year was just a part of the Undisputed Era. Right now, he's on the precipice of of superstardom if he can beat Finn Balor um, to to go, and he's not done a lot. It's just been strong ring work ring work and character development that's that's the thing that's worked for him this year and that's how simple wrestling can be i agree i agree 100 it's beautiful to see it's something that is it's becoming almost in uh especially in WWE. is a, a guy who was primarily in a tag in the chance to uh do it and still be associated with the team you know no screw jobs no breakups so far and all that you know so it, it's just and like you said the the ascension you know, uh, he's only, uh, since he's been back, he hasn't fought that many. It just shows you the impact that the matches he's had, you know, the impact that they ha- have had. You know, uh, I think the match with Pete Dunne not too long ago, like, he's, his output has been insane. And I, I, I understand why he's a man of the year. All right, All right so to move on now, and this is a big one. It is a takeover or special event of the year i say that because halloween havoc for me is probably my favorite nxt event that we've watched this year but i would say it's obviously can't count that as a takeover so my favorite takeover is nxt takeover portland which is all way back in february and this is of course before covid like i said the main event was adam cole versus chumper Uh, and i just think it was at the moment in time where you know looking at the card maybe we had better cards elsewhere in the year, but I think every single match kind of delivered. Like we said, we had Balor versus Gagano, Ripley versus Belair, the Bros awaits in action as well. And it kind of, uh, and Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic still in the show with the very first match. Uh, I think that's why it's got to be my takeover of the year. What about you? Uh, as far as takeover goes, we want to go specials. Specials, by far, I agree. Halloween enjoyed it. Beginning to can't do no wrong. I think that was probably the best show of uh, maybe. I don't know. I can but it was definitely one of the most enjoyable shows. Uh, my pick uh, was one that surprised me uh, that it was good, and that was Takeover 31. 
Uh, going into it, I'm not saying I didn't the most. I knew I was definitely hyped with Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. I didn't expect from that. I was expecting big things from EO and Candice LeRae, and they delivered as they tend to do. Uh, that's also a strong uh, option for rivalry of EO and Candice. Uh, Kushida dismantling Velveteen Dream, one of my favorite moments, just off, <laughs> just just in pure enjoyment. Uh, Damian Pru and Gargano, anytime they, of course, I'm into it. So uh, I, I really liked uh, mostly because uh, I didn't expect it to be as good as it as it was. Besides the Finn Balor O'Reilly match, and then the Finn Balor O'Reilly at the top by being one of the best matches. I think without a doubt, you talk about uh, pay-per-view, and, and that's what's kind of great about uh, TakeOver, is that they're always delivering. So maybe the events you're thinking, I'm not so sure, and they head out of the park and go, that's why I love NXT for. I think that's, you know, uh, what we see with the TakeOver events and the special events this year. I agree 100%. They, they, I don't know what it is, but it's just that that feeling. They, they you know, put out strong shows. You can argue for a multiple NXT, and that's this is not the first year. That's how good their takeover catalog is. I think without a doubt. All right, so two more awards left. And the next award is for overall wrestler. Man, woman, or, well, not child. But anyway, overall wrestler for me this year has got to be Io Shii. I think if anybody was to say to me, James, uh, pick me an NXT superstar, Io Shii would be the one. And not just her jumping off the top of the cage with a trash can, (laughs) even though, again, I don't know if I've mentioned that today, but it's one of those moments. But every time you see her, she oozes uh, that kind of... You know, you talk about this kind of it factor. She's she's kind of got it. Everything she does in the ring as well is just kind of the smooth. She knows exactly what she's doing. And I think you look back at the matches she's had this year. They've been fantastic. She's main evented a takeover for the first time. Uh, women have done that since Banks and Bailey in 2015. Uh, so she's kind of showing everybody how to make it work in this COVID kind of era. EO has just gone from strength to strength. And that's why she's my overall wrestler of the year i agree 100 percent. she's definitely uh like just mvp you know, uh, of, of like the entire uh like you said roster you know i i, I can and i i, I know i don't think i'm a finn balor fan i bet <laughs> but it's not really the case it's just when i look back over the year since he's returned in 29 uh, towards the end of last year uh he has been like involved is my favorite matches Throughout the year, like again, I like you know, I like Dragonoff and you know, a match with Tyler Bate, you know, Velveteen Dream, even that match with him. I, I Thatcher, of course, again, O'Reilly, Adam. Uh, I think the Fatal Four Way that everyone was a part of that counts. Like Finn Balor has has been a part of some of the best moments, and uh, this is just one. It was a reoccurring name all throughout everything mm-hmm. in 2020 that you can find. He was reoccurring and and uh, he was impressive. So I think that's my overall. Record. I think if we're going to do like the Mount Rushmore of NXT for 2020, you know, EO, Adam Cole and Keith Lee, I think would be my four who've had the biggest impact because like I was all about Keith Lee were, was delivering match after match on takeovers and then Balor and, and Cole have kind of taken that mantle on. I mean, there's some incredible talent in NXT right now, isn't there? Oh, there's so much talent. And think about that. You just mentioned that Mount Rushmore and you leave off, uh, Thatcher and Gargano, like, <laughs> like it's just like, like that's how strong it is. All of those people I just named have been doing great. So yeah, the roster is just very almost 
I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know about it's really really good, as good as it. Without a doubt. Well, 2020 has been, I'd say, not as good as it gets, but we've just got one more award now for the NXT WNR Awards in 2020. And that is the match of the year in NXT. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, I mean, O'Reilly versus Balor, the Women's War Games match. Um, what is your match of uh, the year? Yeah, it was out of this match. Uh, men's War, I enjoyed the Men's War, the ladder match, prevailing. Uh, my pick overall is Kyle O'Reilly and Balor. And I, I take over 31. I've, I've, I've spoke about it throughout the show numerous times, so I don't want to restate that. I was want to point out, though, I was really, really having a tough time because I didn't know if we were including NXT UK because, of course, Walter and, you know, the, the match that he just recently had, I can't think of off the top of my head. I'm just, I'm losing it. It was a classic. I had dragon off and Walter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. So I, I had dragging off. But anyway, so yes, one of the best matches, just physical. I heard a lot of polarizing opinions about it, uh, about that. I really, uh, but Kyle O'Reilly, though, just again, brutality, styles mesh perfectly well. And we're going to get in 2021. I hope that match lives up to to this match. And I want, I want to make a point. I don't know if I'm going to remember it by next, but maybe that match could be just as good as one. And I'll remember it next December, and it can be my pick for next year. <laughs> I well, uh, and, uh, I just—I I think that's my pick. Yeah, I think when you look at the matches that are on show, like talk about North America ladder match and, and others that you can throw in. Uh, I think my my choice, my favourite match, maybe not the best from a technical standpoint or you know bump wise, but I think the biggest moment for me and my favourite match of the year is at the Great American Bash, and it's Adam Cole versus Keith Lee, because at that moment in time, it was the two kind of biggest guys in NXT, and Keith Lee's moment, uh, finally getting a victory, kind of, you know, with tears in my eyes, so to speak, and watching him get the job done. Like I said, there might have been technically better matches, but I feel with that one, uh, Keith Lee and Cole is my match of the year. You cannot go wrong with that. Uh, Perfect match uh, you know it definitely deserves consideration i believe one of the things that kind of hurt it to me is uh like again recency bias maybe but still uh definitely i remember the year and it was just a great match all together and i, I agree i like it i like that man what a what a, a year in inside a terrible it's amazing how great look back at this year wrestling even though you know it was terrible for many other reasons well, it's even like, you know, how we started off the, the episode talking about unfortunate things that have happened and imagine to look back and find positive things that happened in 2020. Uh, and, and you know, like I said, I've, I've had so much fun going through the, the WNR Awards you and picking them all out. How did you find the experience? I thought this was, this was really, I really enjoyed it. I thought this was way more thought provoking. Uh, I really need the research and kind of go into the annals of like January, like you mentioned earlier, where worlds collide, being pretty much feeling like that was a century ago, even though it was in January. And, you know, it's you have to do a little research to uh, figure this out. But I enjoyed the process. And, uh, you know, it was great also to see, you know, where we parted. And also in common with a lot of, you know, some of these were, you know, inevitable. A lot of them, I love to see the contract. I think without that, it's been a pleasure to have you on again. And like I said, that's 2020 in NXT. But uh, 2021 is only a couple of weeks away. You'll be back with us to watch NXT New Year Evil. And like I said, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. What are your hopes for NXT in 2021? 
Oh, man, I'm expecting bigger and uh, better things. You know, maybe uh, finally a little bit more wide. Continuing to focus, of course, on the winning the strongest, their strongest suit, in my opinion, and, of course, their main event scene. But maybe they can finally start to build and focus more on attacking, flesh out and deafen out the uh, roster more more bodies, especially in the tags that you need it right now uh, in the cruiserweight division, you know. But uh, other than that, you know, I just think more of the same, you know, great specials, great, you know, wrestling and interesting stories. You know, they've been doing a really good job of keeping weekly. And uh, I look forward to NXT on a week-to-week basis. And I think they're just going to continue to grow. And hopefully it just continues to get better and better. And we have less, holy shit, bad moments. To talk about. <laughs> well, well, like I said, that is it for the WNR Awards for NXT. But don't forget, we're across all social media Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Our follower is Luis Camacho. Uh, what are you on Twitter? Do you want to plug yourself? Yes, hold on. Uh, at Monty Mo Pod, we, uh, we do lifestyle, wrestling related stuff, music. Uh, you know, all types of stuff. I'm just talking now at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, but check us out. Mind my, uh, at my, uh, I have all the links. Uh, you know, hit me up. Yeah, definitely. No problems, man. Like I said, it's, it's always great to have you on. Check his stuff out on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at the Dubliner Podcast and also Instagram. Send us an email at the Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on YouTube where podcasts go at the same time on YouTube as you do on SoundCloud on your phone and also Stitcher and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. The final WNR Awards, it's WWE's turn with Jaxie Scarlett. That's our next episode. But like I said, it's been a pleasure to be joined by uh, Mind of Monty, and like I said, you'll be back with us in a couple of weeks' time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you guys have a, uh, a good holidays and enjoy. You know, be safe, have fun, but be safe about it. <laughs> if, <that's possible>. <laughs> <laughs> if not, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah. Like said, yeah, <laughs> but again, like I said, thank you for joining us, mate. It's always been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, and thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Adios.